Hey everyone, this is Kelvin. This is episode 94 of Res Metal Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Shane McCarthy, guitarist, vocalist of Wayfair. Wayfair is an American black metal band out of Denver, Colorado, and will release their newest album, American Gothic, on October 27th through Profound Lore Records. So I hope everyone gets a chance to check out that album, buy it, stream it, you know, support Wayfarer's uh, American Gothic any way you can. So I've been a fan of Wayfarer for their for a while now, ever since their first album, uh, Children of the Iron Age, and have been, yeah, just a big fan and a supporter and really just amazed by their ongoing progression and with their newest album, American Gothic, they will continue to evolve and incorporate, you know, not only black metal, but like country, um, you know, gothic rock um, to really just carve out their own, you know, genre, which is amazing. And, you know, I was really honored to talk with Shane. Um, we talked about uh, Shane's background, um, you know, Wayfarer's history and kind of their slow progression and uh the newest album of course and you know you know the writing of the album and all the influences including you know films and music and um you know i just kind of talked to shane about you know myself too you know doing this podcast on the res so i hope everyone you know gets a chance to check out that album coming out october 27th and um hope you enjoy this interview yeah thank you Calvin, I'm talking to Shane McCarthy of Wayfair. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing pretty well, man. Thanks for talking to me on a on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, Thursday. no problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm you know I'm just a big fan of the band. I've been following the band ever since uh, the first album. The um, yeah, this has been. I mean, it didn't seem too long ago, but I've been been a big fan of the band. I'm even you know before the kind of all the rec- worldwide recognition you guys have been getting. Um, I'm out here in Arizona, so, I mean, you guys are based in Colorado. So, um, you know, being in the Four Corners area, I was, you know, thought it was sick that, uh, you know, a band from this Four Corners area was, like, you know, kind of making a name for itself. Um, but, um, yeah, as far as, uh, I guess, uh, if people aren't too familiar with, uh, with you or Wayfarer, uh, can you just kind of like talk about your role in the band and kind of like how Wayfarer started? Sure. Uh, yeah. And first off, I definitely want to say thanks for um, supporting us through through this whole time. I mean, kind of as you mentioned, definitely a lot of people, you know, were not aware of the band as far as far back as that first record, um, which is coming up on ten years, I guess, this next year. Um, so that's awesome, man. Yeah, I feel like those the first record and even really the second one. Um, didn't get out too much, you know, and it's, it's funny, especially like when we go to Europe now, um, since we moved labels with, um, starting with world's blood and romance were on profound lore. And then now over there, we're working with century media, um, people like, it seems like half the people we meet over there think world's blood was like the first album, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, your first one, your second one. We're like, Oh no, we have, this is like, we have four albums. So we're about to put out the fifth. Um, so no, I appreciate you, uh, being around from the start. That's awesome. Um, cause yeah, we've been a band for depending on how you look at it like 11 or 12 years um somewhere around there um it was started by myself and the other um founding guitar player who left the band in like 2016 um but we were even working on stuff as far back as high school in the mid 2000s um and then didn't didn't really get it get it in any firm direction until um wayfair started in 2011 or 12. um but yeah i play guitar and do vocals uh in the band and we um have kind of over time found ourselves just being like a a band that wants to represent 
the region where we're from, being the American West, like you kind of mentioned, the Four Corners area, and especially where we are kind of the more, you know, Rocky Mountain side of things. I mean, the the interesting thing about Colorado to me is that it is this like um, kind of meeting of the mountains and the plains, uh, which I know like down in Arizona, you kind of have like the mountains and the desert, you know, because um, in the in the northern state or in the northern part of the state, you still have a bit of the Rockies like in Flagstaff and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we've from the start always kind of wanted to represent the place like it, it, in the in the early days of the first record, it was more purely based around kind of the the nature aspect of it. And as it grew on, we kind of just grew more and more um, into the idea of fleshing out kind of the idea and the mythology of the American West using the band um, and uh, a lot of influence from old Denver sound stuff, 16 horsepower, woven hand, Slim Cessna's Auto Club, bands like that, that we were always into. And eventually that influence kind of started creeping in and we just decided to embrace it and and create some kind of, you know, uh, a sound that that uh, comes from that same place, but does it in a, in a more, you know, extreme metal kind of vein. And that's where we've been fleshing out the last few albums. And American Gothic is definitely, um, I think, a you know, the the furthest ebb so far um, that we've kind of fleshed that out. And it feels like a big, uh, big kind of statement record for us. So we're stoked to get it out there. Yeah, everyone should check out the new album it comes out October 27th. So a little we'll over a week away. This should be, I'll, I'll, you know, this should be out before. So um, yeah, everyone check that out. Um, yeah, going back to the first record, um, this is kind of where I picked up on the band and yeah, you, you're right. I, I did. I do agree. Yeah, the atmospheric, like, uh, um, I guess more like Cascadian. Uh, I, I mean, that's kind of what I get when I first heard it. Like, sort of like Agaloc or some of those American like folk uh, inspired black metal bands. I, and uh, yeah, even on the the second record too. Um, but uh, yeah, I to this day I still go back to the first record. You know, I'm just uh, yeah, I think I just kind of connected with it at a at a you know a time I was just like you know uh, going through like school and just trying to like you know I I think I listened to this a lot while I was studying in school, so kind of hold it um, holds a good place for me. I, I was able to find the record too. Like oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, there's yeah. not not many of those out there yeah i'm still trying to look for this one like i missed out on the initial like uh release vinyl release but i'm hoping that um you guys can um i, I understand like there's like some legal uh not legal label issues that you know prevent you guys from releasing it but i'm hoping to hoping you guys put that out as a as a reprint repress soon yeah, we'd love to get it back out there at some point. Um, yeah, it's it's just owned by the old label prosthetic and, you know, potentially they, they may put it out at, at some point. But um ideally we would love to be able to put it out ourselves sometime. We'll 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 see how all that goes. But yeah. um yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, like you don't you don't see many of those those records. So again, I appreciate you being around from the start. Yeah, no, and I was always intrigued by the by the imagery too. Like on um, Old Souls, you got like the like a, almost like a Dreamcatcher like um, uh, symbol on the cover, and then World's Blood. Uh, I believe this is a, a photo, like an old photo. Yeah, um, it's a, yeah, it's Edward, Edward Curtis uh, photo. Yeah, I was always like intrigued by the just the whole imagery of you know like the American West and um yeah i even have it back here i'm such a such a fan of this um but yeah you mentioned like you were slowly trying to bring in your influences and kind of represent the area that you're from um was there like um you mentioned some of the bands but like was there a specific like um um I guess like a moment or like a like when you guys realize like you know you want to kind of shift your 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 sound and your presentation um not exactly um because I, I think what happened is you know we we started the band when we were pretty young and it was just kind of intending to be a metal band and honestly not even really paying attention much to the other like american black metal 
folk metal sort of bands, but uh, drawing a lot of influence from like Enslaved and Primordial and Opeth, Moonsorrow bands like that at the beginning. Um, and at that same time, we were really into, especially I was really into a lot of that, um, again, especially the Denver bands, um, like like the David Eugene Edwards bands and the Munley and, and Slim Cessna bands. Um, but I think, you know, starting the band, we were like, okay, we're, we're, we're working on making a metal band. We want to focus on that aspect of it. So we didn't really consider any of the other stuff we were into. Um, and then it just kind of crept in subconsciously because that was something that we're interested in and listened to a lot. And, uh, I think somewhere around, you know, the process of old souls, we are realizing that it was kind of like taking, taking more more of that um you know instead of the kind of big grandiose mountainy foresty stuff that you know could could bring to mind something like the bands from the northwest um it was it was a little bit more your dusty plainsy even kind of deserty sound that that drew more from from that influence and that was just kind of happening naturally so i think somewhere through making that album um and finishing it we were kind of just intrigued by that and and decided to be go in headlong and so world's blood is definitely the first album where we're like we're making this album sound like the american west be about the american west have imagery from it like everything about it you know is going to be be in that path um and and from that point forward the decision was always like we want to do that but it would be so easy to do it in um in a kind of gimmicky way you know like a um it's still and still to this day you know when, when people just hear the description of the band it's like oh western black metal or something they're like oh that sounds like funny or like it wouldn't work um or or that it would be kind of like you know cheesy and played for not played for last but you know what i mean like kind of like some some of your european folk metal bands really like play up the costuming and the like instrumentation to make it more of like a um I don't know, a, a theatrical, less taken less seriously sort of thing. And I think that would be kind of the low hanging fruit route that could be taken um, with with bringing in the Western elements. So for our standpoint, the most important thing has always been that we do it in a very genuine way and do it in a way that is like um, fully thought out. Like we want the metal parts to be coming from the same place as the, um, you know, less heavy folk um driven americana driven parts and vice versa so it's not like it switches back and forth from just having like black metal black metal black metal and then like here's a a twangy country riff thrown in it's like the um even the the metal riffs have have the same influence of that americana kind of twangy folk song stuff and and vice versa we want it all to be coming from the same place so yeah i think it was old souls that we caught onto it and then decided that, you know, we were going to dive in headlong with world's blood. And since then we've just been fleshing it out more and more and then like kind of pointing it in a different direction, album to album. Um, and, Cause you know, romance was, was still very much an American West album, but it was kind of more um, pointed in the direction of like deconstructing the, the myth of the West in general and like drawing a lot from film Um and then American Gothic kind of moves moves the timetable forward a little bit to the uh, post turn of the century, um, kind of like you know the the westward expansion and all of the um, kind of violent seizing colonization was basically complete by that point. And then you have like this this nation being fully established, and then these new kind of corporate powers taking hold with the railroad and um, the uh, oil barons and and all of those kind of interests. Um, so that's kind of where that album is. That's, that was a long-winded way to answer your question, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been no, we've been no, on that path. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm just yeah, I, I really dig the natural progression, and yeah, this album. Um, it doesn't even seem that long ago. I just remember like buying it at the record store and like listening to it, and like the first, uh, just the first song, like the 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 galloping, like almost like a horse riff, like a horse galloping riff. I always like found that like, as just like a really cool way to start the album and kind of let everyone know that it's, um, that's what the album's going to be about. And then, uh, yeah, this, this is like probably one of the most like accomplished albums I've heard. And one of my favorite albums from, uh, uh, the, the year it came out 2020. And, um, you mentioned like the, 
the subject matter. Um, I know with this one being more about like Western expansion and um, uh, like the railroad, you got, you know, there's like images of the, uh, the railroad system. Um, and uh, you, the images or the subject matter on this uh, upcoming uh, album, American Gothic. Um, what, what was it just kind of like you researching like like the the progression of like history or was there like you know just anything like personal that you wanted that you you know you've gone through and grown up in colorado that you want to incorporate um i think it's a, a combination of a lot of things for sure um we're definitely all into history a couple of the guys isaac and james actually have history degrees in the band um and then for myself it's just an area of my interest in, in reading and whatnot um and also we take a lot of influence uh from film um you know i think romance of the violence again was kind of about the idea of the american west and how it's been mythologized um and how it how it has been represented like you know through even uh european countries making making western films like the italian ones or something um how it's just kind of grown into this whole idea that is you know definitely a a romanticism of what it actually maybe was um and i think for for this album you know we wanted to hone in more specifically on the idea of the nation as a whole um since again it had kind of like timetable wise uh been more fully established um for better or for worse by that point and um that kind of you know, opens up a, a new chapter in history that's like just as interesting in, in different ways. You know, it's less the like lawless frontier Wild West that, that comes to mind and more the like um, becoming becoming more more of a system, more of a, a true nation. And then, you know, you kind of get your powers that, that take hold and your your especially powers of greed that take hold. And I think so we, we uh, focused in on on some films um american made films from the yeah. late 60s and early 70s that are more kind of um you know darker um sadder sort of visions of of, of things like that and that was a lot of inspiration for this yeah one. which kind of films would you say were the most uh, influential or ones that people should definitely check out that would um uh, complement the album the american yeah. gothic album uh i'd say a lot of it is from that kind of new new hollywood era the like uh, late 60s early 70s um there's mccabe and mrs miller which is the robert altman uh film that's just actually set in the northwest um but it, you know i think just looking through obviously we're, we're big nerds as far as it comes to movies and, and looking through the the history of film um and especially looking at the westerns i think you know the italian westerns really kind of blew the lid off um what they what they were what they could be instead of being more the black and white morality tales john wayne sort of stuff of the 50s and, and early 60s you know all of a sudden you had these like grittier more violent more um grandiose uh visions coming from europe so then the us i think kind of responded by making them a bit more pensive and and bleak and, and deconstructive um but that was kind of in the in the auteur filmmaking era so it was less less grandiose kind of action violence and more kind of personal character sort of stuff and uh, mccabe and mrs miller is a great example of like a movie that's like kind of funny and like um whimsical at times in its own way but at its core it's like a pretty dark sad story about um a couple entrepreneurs in a in a new kind of settlement town in in the northwest um trying to trying to build their own life and eventually you know um you have these kind of big money interests big money people who come to town and, and see that they're able to do that and they basically forcibly take it from them um and that's that's a great one uh heaven's gate which was a movie that was very had a very tumultuous history and basically bankrupted its studio at the time but um uh, was was uh reconstructed later on to its its full cut but that's a a great great movie chris christopherson christopher walken um and it's about the johnson county war in um wyoming and at close to the turn of the century late 1800s um which is again kind of a, a class struggle sort of thing it's a bunch of 
you know, poor immigrants trying to trying to build a build a life for themselves. And there's kind of accusations of of um, cattle thieving by um, by the big kind of corporate Wyoming Stock Grower Association. And it and this is albeit loosely, but based on actual historical events um, that did start, you know, basically a, a smaller scale class war in in Wyoming um, where mercenaries were sent in to like kill kill these people um at, at the time um and that's that's actually one of the tracks on the album is um based directly on that that historical time period so those are those are two that definitely come to mind and then you know more contemporary stuff like uh like there will be blood um ties in because there's you know i think the the oil industry is is a big benchmark of kind of industrialization and like true you know, kind of the birth of like your your big corporate powers um, really taking hold in the U.S. Um, would be like the railroad and the oil industry. And There Will Be Blood is such a great, you know, modern classic um, kind of depicting how how grim that that really is for for all sides. So those are those are three that come to mind for sure. Yeah, there's a new one coming out. I think it comes out this week uh, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, mm-hmm. Barney Scorsese. Directed the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think. Um, yeah, uh, comes up tomorrow, I I title, right? yeah, yeah, that one yeah. looks interesting. I, I kind of just heard a little quick synopsis. I didn't want to read the whole like mm-hmm. synopsis, but yeah, it definitely kind of ties in with what you're describing with the oil and and greed. And like, from what I understand, it's about um, um, like oil on the Osage like reservation in Oklahoma and how these like people like kind of come in and like are trying to like get a hold of that oil and manipulating like the the people on that tribe and um yeah it looks cool i, I would definitely want to check it out but um i don't think it's out yet but i'm definitely going to check it out yeah i think that comes out tomorrow i'm i'm very excited about that as well because that's a you know a director i love and great cast and yeah like that's it's it's actually kind of funny like that that it's coming out um one week before the album comes out because as soon as we, you know, kind of saw the first first bits of footage or whatever from the movie, um, it was like, well, this is very much, very much kind of the world in which this this album is. So it's interesting that they're coming out at the same time, you know, in two separate worlds. Um, but yeah, very very intrigued about that because yeah, I mean, you know that 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 movie and and a lot of these films and then you know like the the concepts behind our our songs. Um, we get asked a lot in interviews if, if anything we're writing about is like, you know, meant to be metaphorical for things happening today. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we don't set out to, um, uh, draw a clear parallel between whatever historical event and, and something today, like, um, in any kind of heavy handed way. Um, cause really we like to have, I think music is all about interpretation. You know, it's all about what it means to. The listener what it brings to mind for the listener but at the same time it's like impossible not to draw parallels you know like you have yeah killers of the flower moon which like you said is like the osage people kind of fighting for or fighting against these these powers coming in trying to exploit them and you know you look at like the keystone pipeline and, and things like that that are still happening right now today um and it's like these these issues don't really change like as much as much as you know it would be as 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 it's purported that that they do and everything's like advanced and 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 fixed and figured out and it's just like still the same core human issues and human greed and 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 struggles and subjugation and um yeah yeah it's it's yeah. It's, it's interesting what seeing seeing things that are you know about history and then you're like this is just as much about today as it is about 100 years ago yeah in my area I'm in northern Arizona on the Navajo reservation I guess the one of the biggest things that happened to around here was the uranium uh mining i guess like during the uh like you know world war one world war two there was like uranium um that was found on the on the land and they uh, actually um like they employed like people from the tribe to like go in there like un unmasked unprotected not wearing any kind of like um like safety equipment and the 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 Navajo people were mining the uranium um for I want to say like 
50, 40, 50 years from like the thirties to like the seventies. And, and then like, yeah, all that was, you know, just to help with the, the cold war and try to arm the U S against the, um, yeah. yeah, just during that time. And, and then as a result, the people, like a lot of people ended up with like really bad, like, like lung cancer and, um, even like, you know, the uranium leaking into the water supply causing like lots of like major health problems during that time but um yeah that, that's one of the biggest things that kind of happened around here and um luckily all that stuff is kind of stopped they put a stop to that but um, i think every now and then there's some congressman that tries to kind of renegotiate with the with the tribal president to kind of get the uranium um you know uranium mining going again but uh, luckily it hasn't, um, taken place yet, but we're, but yeah, that, that, that's another example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would fucking hope not, but, but yeah, I mean, kind of, as you're saying, it's just like, um, you know, there's still today, there's always people still trying to, to do the same shit. And, you know, you're, you're talking about the uranium mining and how there's probably been a lot of lasting effects, I would imagine. Yeah. Among, among, um, your community because yeah, there's, there's proven scientific after effects <laughs> that this will have on human bodies. And, um, no, that's, yeah, it's, there's too yeah. many of these, these types of stories, you know, out there. And, and yeah, like you mentioned with you, the congressman still trying, it's like people don't seem to learn, you know, or it's maybe they, they, they learn and they just don't care and they will still go, go back after it. That's, mm -hmm. it's a wild yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, crazy. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely got to like check out some of those films. I haven't really been watching a whole lot of like Western films. I know my dad was really into them. He, my dad paints, he's like, he paints a lot of like this kind of like, you know, like Western um, imagery and Native awesome. American imagery. And, um, yeah, we used to always grow up watching them. And I mean, the only one I could really think of off the top of my head, it doesn't really tie in with kind of what we're talking about was, um, this film called uh when the legends die um really cool story it's just um i think it came out like in the late 70s or early 80s um it um it's about a like a little boy like he's like a, a young native american boy who gets um taken from um uh, from his um land homeland to and goes to boarding school and then um kind of just gets assimilated like you know he's kind of gets assimilated into like just the Western culture. And then he ends up becoming like a really good, like, um, rodeo, um, athlete. Like he's like into like, um, like bareback riding. Um, and just like, but then I think he kind of keeps like having that inner conflict with like, you know, being a, being a native person or, you know, being a cowboy and, um, yeah, it's just a cool story. Um, but yeah, it's, it comes out, came out like I think in the like eighties, early eighties, but that was always one of my favorites that my dad would show us. Cool. You said when the legends die. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. I'm that up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not familiar. I'd love to watch that. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, well, so with this, uh, with the new album, um, uh, American Gothic, like as far as the writing process, like, uh, I mean, this just, to me, it just came out like, like a few, like not even like, a, it feels like it didn't even feel like it came out like three years ago, but how soon after did you guys start writing uh, American Gothic after their romance with violence? It, it was definitely a while. Um, I think for us, like typically, um, you know, we, we, we put a lot into each album. We put a lot of time and energy and like really heavy focus on it. Um, so we kind of need some time. Uh, the way I always feel about it is like, we kind of need the, the tour cycle um, because the tour cycle after an album comes out, you know, you get to like play, play the album live. And, and so often, you know, you're working on writing and like the album's only finished writing, like when it's being recorded, like the, the final touches are being added in the studio. So it's like, it's really only finished right then when it's made. Um, so it kind of needs like, need some time to 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 breathe and to live and so like we like to take out and, and tour an album for a while so we can feel like we can really get it fully out of our system you know because it's something that we've been working on we just finished so then it's like you take it out you you play it live several times you let those songs like really breathe on on stage um and then then it kind of feels like you know all right it's been said we can move we can move forward 
Um, and with romance coming out in 2020, um, you know, that cycle was delayed by COVID. So um, it was it was over a year until we could actually really start touring on the record. Um, so honestly, we didn't like ideas kind of started to like form in, in little ways, just like concepts, like not even musical ideas, just kind of concepts for the album. But um, I don't think we started writing, writing anything until I guess about last summer. Um, so it was a good two years after Romance had been released because it took until 2022 until we really got to tour. Um, we, uh, yeah, we did one tour to the West Coast, which I think we came through Sister Bar then. And then we uh, did did the kind of uh, Midwest uh, Texas run where we also came through Sister Bar um, last December. And then went to Europe um, this spring, but I think it was somewhere around last summer that we kind of started, you know, getting ideas going and talking about what the album would be. We're, we're very much like a a work from the top down sort of band, where it's like from the beginning we talked about what the album was going to be, what it was going to feel like, what it was going to be about, what it was going to, you know, kind of sound like and be presented like. So like we had the title. Um, from the jump, we had the idea of like kind of how we did want it to be presented visually and then what what it would be about and what it would sound like. We we kind of had a lot of conversations about that um, around last summer. And then we dove into writing. And at this point, we do kind of a hybrid approach to writing because we um, Isaac, our drummer, plays in Blood Incantation, so he's on the road a lot. And so this has just kind of happened naturally because of that where um we still like to get together and play together in in the room and, and let things kind of you know just jam things out and see what happens um because a lot of good stuff i think comes from the spontaneity of that but um anymore we kind of do a hybrid approach where we do some of that and we record what we do together and then we will dissect it uh more kind of you know one or two of us will get together and look at the tracks on on like a, a demo file and it's kind of nice that way because we can uh, step away from it some and have a different perspective on it. Um, so I think there was a lot more of that on, on this record. And yeah, so I think we started the process kind of kicking things back and forth in the summer and it really wasn't finished until right up until we went into the studio with Arthur um, in February, March of this year. And even then we actually recorded <clears throat> everything um, all the instruments, all the um, metal vocals, harsh vocals. And then we went on the European tour, which was about a month. And then like 10 days or so after that, I went back up to Philadelphia to do the clean singing parts. And so those were the last parts to be written um, and, and kind of put in there. So it was it was a bit of a, a drawn out writing process just because we kind of had to, you know, attack it at different times and then focus on like a tour or something. But it was basically from summer until it was finished in May in the studio of this year um, that we were working on this one. Um, yeah. And then um, I don't have the album, but um, are there, do you have these guys have any like guests uh, like musicians or vocalists? Yes. Um, we have two, two little guest spots. There's a voiceover by uh, Monley Monley, who is like a Denver sound legend. He plays in Slip Sass's auto club. He has several iterations of his own bands over the years. Currently, Munley and the Lubricaleans. Um, but my favorite of his projects ever was Munley and the Lee Lewis Harlots, which was from like the mid late two thousands. Um, he he's just like a a really cool iconic figure in the kind of Denver whatever it is Gothic country um, scene. Um, and he did a, a voiceover that's on the record. And then uh, George Cessna, who is Slim Cessna's son, Slim Cessna of Slim Cessna's Auto Club. Um, he, he's like, a he's got a, a really cool thing going on with his, his music where it draws some from that Denver sound sort of stuff and draws some from more from like country music. Um, but, but he kind of does it in a, I don't know, a very unique way. I, I think it's a, it's, it's a blend of the types of country music that I like as well as like a little bit of even like, um, Iggy pop kind of rock and roll infusion and then a little bit of the kind of 
um, Denver Sound Americana. Um, his band is called Snakes, and he has some solo records as well. But he did um, guest vocals on a track, like just a, a, a guest section on a track as well. So those are the two the two guests on uh, on this one, and I'm really, really stoked that we had him on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I can't wait to hear it. Um, I hope the pre-order comes in in a few, a few days from now, but yeah, I really can't wait to hear it. I think he is. He, I think I think they should be shipping out because um, okay. they the, the records have landed. Because um, even even you know we're now we have the U.S. label and the European label, and even the U.S. records still get pressed in the Czech Republic and sent here. Um, but they have landed. Like we just got our copies in, so I think uh, pre-orders should be going out any day now. Awesome! Yeah, I can't wait. And do you guys have any like? upcoming tours or any upcoming uh, live shows uh, announced yet just a couple um we're doing three shows with baroness um they they're doing this tour that actually has started now um where they're kind of doing a whole u.s tour and they're bringing a bunch of different support bands like they'll they'll have bands play just like two to three or four shows um with them so we're doing three shows with baroness in salt lake denver and omaha um middle of november yeah i think it's like the first one is on the the ninth um and that's that's all that's announced for now but we're working on a bunch of stuff we're working on going back to europe we're working on a full u.s tour um and all that stuff will happen in 2024 so we'll definitely be touring the record heavily and i would hope and imagine that we do come back through albuquerque because we love playing at sister and it's always good people there um is that the nearest place you you said you're in northern arizona yeah i'm like right on the border of like arizona mm -hmm. new mexico like like i would say like maybe like i don't know like half a mile from here will be the new mexico border but um yeah that's like the closest uh if there's any kind of like you know live places i uh, live shows i want to check out it's either like albuquerque or flagstaff i think a few times mm -hmm. there's been some bands i checked out in, in flagstaff or and then there's like Gallup, Gallup. Uh, you probably driven through there, like Gallup, New Mexico on the I-40. Um, there's like a lot of local shows, um, but um, yeah, it's mostly like Albuquerque, I think. Probably I'd say like, yeah, 90% of the, uh, if I wanna check out a band, like you guys would be like in Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, like I said, I imagine we'll we'll come back through there because it's been, it's always been really good for us. Like. Um, the people there are red sister bar is a great place to play um so i imagine we will you know when we when we do the full us that that'll be that'll be on there yeah we've never played in flagstaff i, I know my wife's band dreadnought has played there um and i think i had, had good shows there but we've only ever done uh phoenix or tempe yeah flagstaff's uh cool i mean honestly there's like a lot of like just like like fans of heavy music on the navajo reservation so like you know any um any kind of like ban on a like like you guys level would always like bring good amount of people um, yeah i that's actually a question that i wanted to ask you um is you know i i i really appreciate um what you do with the podcast and 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 i'm i'm yeah i'm just curious what the metal scene is like living on on the reservation like um you know how 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 much how how into metal are the people on your reservation um do you see a lot of like people playing and, and bands forming out of there and 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 shows and and just kind of yeah what is what is metal on the reservation like in your experience um yeah i mean i'm just like a fan like kind of like just um i guess just a supporter of the of the whole scene it's um i'd say it's pretty 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 thriving just um uh i would say there's definitely like um a lot of bands in like kind of like big area like there's like certain areas like where it's really concentrated and then there's a lot of like cross-pollination where bands like would you know um would play in like you know like uh like a lead guitarist here would play bass and oh i think i lost you Arizona there's there's quite a few I would say um the styles are different like there's not like a one specific like you know black metal or death metal or 
um, thrash metal. I think everyone kind of brings their own um, take, but um, yeah, I would say it's it's kind of like um, um, it's just like I guess the term res metal. I guess is just kind of like a blanket term that kind of covers a lot of different bands who play different styles. But um, yeah, it's um, I would say since the coming out of the pandemic, I think it's been it's been good. I, it's been thriving. Um, yeah. I'm on the Naval Reservation, which I feel like metal is kind of a little more accepted. There's more places to play and um, uh, a lot more support, I think. Um, where it, I think it's different, like other reservations, I think like on the Apache Reservation or the Gila River Reservation um, in Arizona, it's not as accepted. There are bands that, that play, but then a lot of them like don't get the support or you know, yeah. they'll announce a show and then like the, the, the tribal council, or whatever, will shut them down. <laughs> like wow. stuff like that happens. But uh, around here on the Navajo reservation, it's, it's, it's pretty accepted. Actually Megadeth played here uh, last month for the, wow. our Navajo nation fair. Awesome. Um, there was, there was like over 10,000 people there. So that was pretty yeah. cool to see. Um, the show and yeah, it was amazing. Like, it, awesome. um, I think it was, they were able to get them, get Megadeth um they were doing a tour they're doing like a like a one month like a u.s mm -hmm. tour and they just played a show in albuquerque and then i think the the navajo tribe um fair committee was able to um get megadeth um to play out um play out here uh one night um that was really really awesome amazing like i've never seen so many people there it was actually done in a rodeo ground like oh, the cool. rodeo uh, arena yeah like the whole like rodeo floor, the rodeo ground was like people, you know, were standing and, and then the whole like um, stadium area or the seated area was completely full. So that was really cool to see. So every now and then we get um, like a, like a big, uh, I guess, band like that. Um, but um, I would say of all the places uh, um, in my area, Gallup, New Mexico is probably the biggest um I would say like the hot spot for most bands. That's where a lot of a lot of bands are based out of. And um cool. there's a venue there um in the downtown part of Gallup, right across from the train station. Mm. Um so yeah, that 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 place is probably like where I probably go the most to check out um a lot of bands play. And yeah, like I said, there's just band like the the whole reservation here is like, you know. The whole part of like northern arizona so there's bands like in flagstaff and tuba city and page and then uh, bands in um kienta arizona or kienta arizona and shiprock and gallup and window rock so it's just kind of like a big um kind of like a big uh community and you know like i said people kind of like help each other out um it's, it's just a good i'd say it's a good scene it's like you know it's really inclusive i think yeah. um but yeah the the yeah every now and then we get a band that will play like gallop and then a lot of like the local bands will play support and then like all the people will come out it's it's uh usually a good turnout cool do you get i mean obviously you know having the megadeth show that's that's like big big show big deal shit um do you get a lot many like other metal bands coming through the reservation itself um like yeah. in from out of out of state yeah yeah there's um there's a promoter here he uh, he's a local promoter he does this um uh rancid savage production um i think he brought uh the band havoc you know you're familiar with havoc in, in yeah, colorado yeah yeah, yeah yeah havoc there i think he brought him out like 10 years ago and then i think havoc is gonna come through again next month oh cool so um yeah there's there there's only one no, there's actually, there's quite a, a bit of uh, promoters. I would say only like a handful of promoters that, um, you know, put on like these shows like around here. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could do it. I, I don't, I don't promote shows. It'd be cool to try, but I just don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just like have, I work like Monday through Friday and then, sure. um, yeah, I have a, like a, I'm a nine month old, like little boy. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of watch over. So I'm just kind of like, spread thin as it is right now but this this is kind of like my my way of promoting yeah bands and like yeah because like yeah it's just a, i think it's just a big part of like my like 
my own like i guess um mental and like this is kind of like my own like way of like you know staying connected to with you know yeah. who i am and like what i'm into and um yeah it's just, it, it started out talking with the i started out just talking with the local bands around here and then mm-hmm. kind of like um started reaching out to like kind of more like national bands so it's it's fun i mean i'm trying to do it as much as possible but like with the limited amount limited amount of time i have like it's it's kind of tough i haven't been able to do it as much as i want but mm-hmm. um yeah i still i still enjoy it awesome no i think it's awesome what you're doing like i, I think it's you know it's it's a great podcast uh, like you're a good interviewer and then also um yeah i just think you know uh, it it seems to me from from the outside perspective that there's been there's been a rise in like um i don't know in in identity in terms of you know throughout the metal scene in in north america um uh, where you look at like your black twilight circle bands in southern california and uh like for example we have um we're working on a a merch collaboration with this guy his name is brian um, who i think you know who does some really cool art he has his own like he does a lot of like uh linoleum carvings and and, and things like that um but he he's like a southern california um uh i i believe he's part mexican and part i'm not honestly sure um which other like he's part mexican and part native american i'm not sure um from from which people he claims but um he he's been doing just really cool art pieces for a ton of different bands like from you know that that i think are are just kind of like representing different cultures of of north america and uh it's it just seems to be something that's um that's that's coming to life more and and i think that's great because you know it's such a that's what makes like north america and the us um such an interesting place is how many different cultures are here and so the fact that still you know most of the metal bands are just like american white guys is like you know there's there's so there's so many other um perspectives to be brought to it and like everybody brings something different to music like regardless of who they are and um i don't know that's just something i've appreciated seeing especially you know wayfarer being so focused on the u.s and the american west conceptually um, you know, it's something we're always like grappling with, like in in covering concepts like genocide by by the country, by the United States. Um, you know, it's it's a really obviously heavy a topic heavy topic to dive into. And for us, it's like something that's really important to us to make sure to never appropriate or like misrepresent and like only only speak from our perspective because that's the only perspective we can honestly speak from but you know trying to yeah uh i don't know we it's it's always just something we're we're kind of concerned about like making sure we're not misconstruing or misrepresenting and um i appreciate you know talking to somebody like you who is um running a metal podcast on on the navajo reservation and um i don't know i I guess i was just kind of curious of your perspective on all of that like i think Wayfarer, because again, we're so invested in the region we live in, which, you know, there are a lot of reservations in Colorado and of course throughout the Four Corners area, like you mentioned, um, that we've thought about trying to reach out and maybe like going and, and playing 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 some of these places. Um that I think not enough people do because it seems to be like, you know, with with people like you running a podcast and and these bands popping up, it seems to be that there's plenty of people into metal um on reservations and and um that i don't know that's something we'd we'd uh love to explore more. but i just want to make sure we you know we do it right and we're not overstepping and that we're you know that that we would be welcomed i guess to do so yeah i would say you guys would be like welcomed uh big time just because like i think black metal too is like really big um I guess one of the uh, this is a band mutilated tyrant they're a uh, navajo band they cool. um they're actually not like they live like not are they're based from a town called ganado arizona which is not far from here mm-hmm. and and so yeah i mean your your band style would definitely be welcomed um but yeah like i said it's it, it there's just a different uh or there's just a lot of different styles and 
um, bands like Megadeth, and I think last year Queensryche um, played at the oh, fair, wow. and there was there's like a big turnout. Awesome. Um, I think it's just like you know a lot of the people that were are I guess uh, one the generation before me that you know grew up with Metallica and mm-hmm. Scorpions and Megadeth, like like their kids are now like you know starting bands like today, and so it's kind of like a. a almost like a, a second generation of, uh, of, um, people who, you know, play and support this kind of music. Um, awesome. But yeah, yeah, for sure. And then definitely, yeah, identity is a big thing too. I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the bands here do like, you know, want to, um, a lot of the stuff, you know, that they, you know, uh, as far as lyrics, you know, sing about, or, you know, about, you know, or how they grew up and, you know, the, the, like their culture that they grew up with. And so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a fan and I just kind of like go and support um, them as much as possible. Awesome. That's great. I, yeah. I'd love, um, you should, uh, if you, if you ever have the time, send me, uh, send me a couple bands to check out. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no problem. I will. Um, but yeah, I, you know, don't have any more questions. I really hope everyone checks out uh, American Gothic um, coming out October 27th. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And like, um, yeah, when it was announced this summer, I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta pre-order this before it sells out. So, Um, but yeah, I got it. Hopefully it comes in um, in a few days. Yeah. I I think it will. And I really hope you uh, really hope you take it, man. Thank you for, uh, yeah, for just paying attention and supporting the band over all the years. And uh, I really hope this one lands for you because it's definitely, definitely one that, you know, we, we feel strongly about. So I, I really hope you dig it. Um, and just thank you so much for taking the time and having me on and, and I don't know, talking, talking about all the stuff today. It was, it's cool. And, and like I said, uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing and it's it's like it's very interesting to me um yeah to get, get you know we we talk to interviewers um a, a lot from Europe and then from all over the US but um this is the first time I've done an interview with somebody um on a reservation and that's like uh like I said I've I've, I've kind of seen the the growing you know mostly just through through seeing more bands pop up um growing kind of output from uh, from metal in those communities. And, uh, I just, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and appreciate that you take the music and, uh, yeah, would love to come out and play sometime. No problem. Yeah. Thank you again. All right. Here we go.